Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Solomon, as he was early in his adulthood, God appeared to him and said, Solomon, you ask me for whatever you want to ask me, uh, and, and I'll give it to you. And, and he asked for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom unlike anyone who's ever lived except for the God-man, Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and Solomon was, was blessed in that way, but he was also blessed in a number of other ways because God blessed all the works of his hands and the things he was doing as well uh, because of his request. Well, when, when you and I receive the Holy Spirit, when we are saved and the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, we receive a great gift. The Holy Spirit is God's very presence in us. But along with that great blessing comes many other blessings. And uh, the Holy Spirit uh, empowers us, He encourages us, He comforts us. He does all kinds of work in us and through us to the glory of Jesus Christ. And uh, He is the one who walks with us. Um, and, uh, and what an incredible blessing He is. Um, 2,000 years ago, uh, shortly after the time where Jesus had ascended to heaven, uh, the early disciples were told to wait for the coming of the Spirit. Now, the Spirit had been active in the Old Testament as well, but He was active in a different way. Uh, he would come upon the servants and the prophets and the priests of those days and, and speak through them and use them. But now, the Holy Spirit, under a new covenant, would come and live in the very hearts of those who would trust in Jesus Christ. Um, so it was a whole new day. And so as these wait for the coming of the Spirit, the Spirit comes. And God uses several signs of, of what He is doing through the Holy Spirit's coming, uh, the significance of the Holy Spirit's coming, uh, as these event, events occur, and it anticipates the great evangelistic ministry that would happen through the early church that was empowered by none other than the Holy Spirit. Somebody once said, you ought to not call it Acts of the Apostles, it's Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one doing the work through the apostles and others who had believed in Jesus in those days. Um, one of the things that happens when the Holy Spirit comes is that they speak in other languages. In those days... Uh, people who were Jews around the Roman Empire would come and they would gather to Jerusalem for the great feasts of Israel. And one of the great feasts of Israel was the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, they had been celebrating this feast for years before the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. And so they were gathered from all different countries to this central place in Jerusalem to celebrate this feast. And so as the Spirit was poured out, God began to enable the apostles to speak in the languages of the people that were gathered there. So they were hearing the praises of God. They were hearing, eventually would hear the gospel 
uh, as they're as they're meeting there, and it was also a sign because God had told them in the Old Testament that when the Spirit came and when this new covenant came, when this new time, the end times came, that the Spirit of God would be poured out, and that they would speak in other languages. So this was a fulfillment of prophecy, and it was a sign to the gathered people of Israel that this great day had come when the Spirit would be given. And um, through this sign, they heard a supernatural work of God as they heard these great things about God in their own languages. Um, Later on, Paul would talk about a gift of tongues, and I'm not going to get into that a whole lot today, but I am going to say this. Uh, I believe that the normal operation of the church today uh, involves uh, the use of a common language that we know. Uh, Corinthians talks about the gift of tongues, but Paul says, pray that you might interpret so that that interpretation, I believe, is to be given in lieu of the spoken tongue in the service so that it would be a prayer in English, okay? So, I know that there are different views on that, but, uh, but, but here, the, the function in the book of Acts is, is really, I believe, twofold. It's a sign that the Spirit has come, but it is also uh, a, a validation of the different people groups that the gospel would spread to. Like when you have Cornelius, uh, he and some others there spoke in these languages and it was a sign that, yes, indeed, the gospel is not just for the Jews, it's also for the Gentiles. And God puts his stamp of approval uh, on this passing of the gift of, of, of tongues uh, by way of showing that the same thing that happened at Pentecost is happening here. So it was a sign. So uh, today, uh, as Paul said, if, if, you, if everybody's speaking in a different language when you come to church, people think you're crazy. Uh, you've probably seen some people like that out on the street who are muttering, and you don't understand what they're saying, and 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 you don't you don't get moved toward the gospel by that. You you're confused by it, and so Paul encourages the speaking in English. Okay, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat a dead horse. Uh, if you have questions about that, uh, come see me afterwards. I'll share with you why I believe what I believe, and uh, but. Uh, what I want you to see today is the blessings that come through the gift of the Holy Spirit in this passage. And they're very great blessings indeed. Um, and uh, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God under His control and leadership in our lives so that we can enjoy the fullness of these blessings. And the title of my message is Blessed by the Spirit. Um, and so look with me at verse 1 of Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, uh, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, uh, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues or languages. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But some sneered and said they're drunk on new wine. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them. Now, I'll tell you why I read that part of that verse here in a second. Blessed by the Spirit. How are we blessed by the Spirit? Well, when he comes, he shares, first of all, his mighty power. His mighty power. If you look at verse 2, it says, Suddenly a sound like that of a violent, rushing wind came through the place. I bet that woke people up. If there was anybody asleep, <laughs> they, they, they were woken up. They, this violent wind comes through. And it calls our attention to the appearance of God upon Mount Sinai with the tempestuous winds and the the mighty power of the the dark cloud that rested on Mount Sinai was a signal of God's presence. Now the mighty rushing wind is there in the midst of these folks, and God is showing them, as the Spirit comes to you, He will come in mighty power. This same God blew, by the way, the word for spirit also means wind or breath. The same God blew upon the Red Sea. And with his mighty power, that wind blew all night long. And God not only made a way through the sea, but he made a way through the sea on dry ground. So great was the power of God that he even hardened the ground beneath their feet through his mighty rushing wind. He made a way through the sea. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you're here and you're a child of God, can I tell you something? The Spirit of God within you can make a way. He can make a way in your family. He can make a way in your job situation. He can make a way with the problems that you're having, with the sickness you're having, uh, with the pain you're experiencing, with emotional struggle. He can make a way. He is the great I am. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ has not changed, but God, Yahweh, has not changed. He is the same. He has mighty power. Can I tell you something? We serve a living God. He is able to deliver. He is able to answer prayer. He is able to move mountains. There have been times I have seen God do something I thought was impossible. Uh, God is able to do what we can't do. And I'm so glad of that. You know, somebody says, well, how do you figure out God? You know, if you could explain God in your own words, he wouldn't be much of a God. God is beyond us. He is transcendent. He is mighty and majestic and holy and he is so far beyond us that what we can understand is only what he reveals. 
He is infinite in his power and great in his majesty. And when you become a child of God, what's the significance of those little flames coming on the heads of each one of these believers? In the Old Testament, the pillar of fire would go before the Israelites. Also a pillar of a cloud during the daytime. But it was a signal of the presence of God. And that Shekinah glory of God came down upon the tabernacle and filled the tabernacle and no one could enter. Same thing in Solomon's day. As, As the temple is built, the presence of God comes. No one can enter because the mighty power of God has been released. And what he's saying here is that when the Spirit was poured out, that very same mighty God had come to live in his temples. Did you know you're a temple of the living God? The Spirit of God lives in you. Did you know God individually inhabits us as his temple, but also inhabits us corporately as the temple of God? There's something special when God's people come together. The presence of the living God is with us. It's a mighty awesome thing. How could this even happen with sinful men and a holy God? Praise God for the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you something? The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all my sin. Uh, And he has has justified me. He's clothed me in the righteousness of Christ. And I wear the perfect righteousness of my sovereign Savior. Uh, and, And because of that, the Holy Spirit can live in a broken, sinful man like me. Praise God. Uh, the mighty power. Listen, if you're discouraged today, lift up your head. You're not in this thing alone. The mighty power of God is with you as his child. So <clears throat> you need to be filled with the Spirit so you can take advantage of that mighty power. And to be filled with the Spirit is to be under his control and in his, uh, in his empowerment. And you do that as a child of God. You do that by keeping your sins confessed to God so that there's no barrier. You're not quenching the Spirit of God, uh, putting out His fire through your sin. You, you confess that sin and, and you ask God to help you repent of it. You surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Surrender is important. We don't hear a lot of messages on surrender and repentance and these kinds of things, but it is crucial to the true Christian life. God didn't call us to live life in our own strength. He called us to live supernaturally. And the only way you can do that is by being in a right relationship with God so that the Holy Spirit of God can, can fill you. And so you surrender to him. You trust him. You, you choose to live your life in a posture of dependence and trust in God. And the Spirit of God can then live his life through you. So um, that's a very important thing. Now, if you don't know Christ... You don't have the Spirit of God living in you yet, but you can. If you'll make a decision today to repent, to surrender to Jesus Christ and to receive the gift of eternal life, the Holy Spirit of God will come and inhabit your heart. And you can begin the process of learning to walk with Him. All right, so we're blessed by the Spirit when He comes. How are we blessed? Uh, When He comes, He shares His mighty power. Uh, he shares his manifest presence. Uh, verse 2 says, And the sound like that of a violent rushing wind came, and it filled the whole house. 
I've heard people snicker and sneer sometimes, and they say, well, why are you praying for the presence of the Holy Spirit? Don't you know the Spirit's already here because we're here, and the Spirit lives in us, so why would you pray uh, for the Spirit to come? And there's a smirk on their face when they say it. Well, there's a difference between the Spirit being resident and the Spirit being president. Okay? When the Spirit's in charge, when we surrender to Him, and the Spirit fills us with His power, we will sense the manifest presence of God. Now, God may be with you, but you may not know it. You may not sense it. But when the manifest presence of God comes, there, you, you'll know it. There's a sense of his presence. Listen, they knew it. Uh, some of those were sneering and said, they're drunk with me. Why? These people are acting crazy. <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, what, what's the reason for this joy? What's the reason for this excitement? We don't understand it. They must be drunk. And Peter goes on to explain, no, they're not drunk. We haven't been drinking. Uh, no, this is the Spirit of God. This is the promise that God made in the Old Testament. But uh, they sense the manifest presence of God. We had a season of revival at my last church for, for a couple of months and the power of God was just poured out upon our church. And I'm going to tell you something. God can do more in two seconds than we can do in 200 years. I mean, he, he shows up and he begins to work in power. And I, it changes things. And our, our church was different. Our lives were different. My preaching was different. The, the altar was filled with people. We, we couldn't get people to come for. The altar would be filled with people who are broken over their sin and they're weeping at the altar. Why? Because the manifest presence of God had shown up in that place, and he made a difference. Listen, I want the manifest presence of God with me every day that I live. I want the manifest presence of God in this church, uh, that he would be moving in power. Um, Lord, revive us. God, fill us so that we can be all that we can be for you. And you know, when God comes, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God can set people free from things that bind them. When the Spirit comes, the, there's fruit that is produced in our lives. The, the love, the supernatural love of God, His joy, His peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. God begins to change how we behave toward one another. He changes how, how our, uh, the, the situation in our hearts and uh, I remember really struggling uh, before coming to faith in Jesus Christ, struggling with the, just the emptiness that was there in my life and uh, just the, the way I, I felt the, just this weight of my sin. And, um, and uh, I, I was struggling. And when the, when the Lord came in, when I surrendered to Jesus Christ, it was like the weight was lifted off my shoulders and, and, and the joy of the Lord came and, and it was it just blew me away. It, it just Now, I'm not saying we don't put our trust in experience. We put our trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, okay? So you don't have to match my experience. Matter of fact, your experience may be different, likely that it is different, okay? That's okay. But the point of that is that when God shows up and works in somebody's life and begins to help them sense his manifest presence, it brings with it a lot of blessings, there have been times I have been burdened over one of my kids that he was sick or, 
and, and I've been praying, and maybe the tears have been flowing, and the Spirit of God will touch my heart, and He'll comfort me. His manifest presence. Listen, it is exceedingly precious to know. So, the Spirit, when He comes, He shares with us His mighty power, His manifest presence, and thirdly, His sufficient provision. His sufficient provision. Verse 2 says, it filled the whole house. Now, this is interesting. I believe all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That every word that we find in the pages of Scripture was put there on purpose by the human author, but especially by the Holy Spirit. So, it's interesting to me that this would be mentioned. It filled the whole house. I, I believe God's making a point here. There was more than enough Holy Spirit for every person that was there. <laughs> he had sufficient provision for all of their needs. Did you know God is omnipotent? What does that mean? He, he has all power. There's nothing that he cannot do with his strength and his power and his might. There's no provision he can't supply. And so the fact that the Spirit, and why does, why does the Bible call it being filled with the Spirit? Have you ever wondered that? Because if the Spirit's presence, what's the difference between the Spirit being present and being filled with the Spirit? I think the terminology there is, is intended to show us that he is utterly sufficient for all that we need. What did Jesus tell his disciples He's in chapter 1? You will receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. In other words, I'm going to provide what you need to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Everything that you could possibly need, I will supply, but you have to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit is the way I'm going to supply it. So when he speaks of being filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I think that probably that also means uh, that uh, there's not a part of our hearts that we're withholding from him, but that every part of us is surrendered to him and uh, so that he can fill us the way he desires to fill us. But I also think it points to the fact that he is sufficient in his provision. You know what the Holy Spirit did with these early believers? He brought a community together that was just amazing. They were rejoicing every single day. They didn't, you know, we have trouble. We have people come to church on Sunday morning, right? You have trouble getting them back on Sunday night. Even more trouble getting them back on Wednesday night. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> I talked to a lady one time um, who was uh, older, significantly older, and she was telling me they used to have two and a half to three week revivals when she was a little girl. Well, when I was growing up, it's one week. When I became an adult, it was four days. And now we can't get people to come more than a day. Can I tell you something? In that early church, when the Spirit of God came, 
He provided so much zeal for the things of God. He provided so much passion for the things of God. They were meeting together every day. That's what the scripture says. Day to day, house to house. He, he, he gave them a supernatural love. They had so much love for their Christian brothers and sisters that if somebody was in need, they'd go out and sell their property to provide the need for the Christian brother or sister. They had so much joy. They had so much power upon their, their, their lives and their church that the, the people of Jerusalem were taking notice. That They said, something's going on here. We can't explain this. There's something supernatural happening. We can't explain the kind of love that we see. It was the power of the Holy Spirit providing what was needed for the church. You know, I'm, I'm convinced that God is the answer for the church, not some guru somewhere. I'm convinced that God is the answer for the, for the family. We've got family issues in our country but God is the answer for the family. When, when people get under God's leadership and they're filled with the Spirit of God, it can solve a whole lot of problems in the family. If you're filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, it might make a difference in your marriage. Listen, God is able to supply what we need. He gives His sufficient Provision. He doesn't just give you halfway. He fills the house. He gives you every bit you need. So we're blessed by the Spirit. How? When He comes, He shares His mighty power, His manifest presence, His sufficient provision, His encouraging word. His encouraging word. What I find interesting here... Um, in verse 4, it says they begin to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 11 says, Cretans and Arabs we, and all these other groups, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues or languages. Uh, and they were all astounded. But then Peter stands up. I told you I was going to tell you why I read the first half of verse 14. Peter stands up with the 11, raises his voice and proclaims them. That word proclaim is the same word that's used in verse 4 for the abilities to speak in these different languages. So in other words, God was giving not only this sign to them, but he was also speaking in their native language through Peter as he stands up to deliver his message, which we're not going to get to today. But uh, God was giving them an encouraging word. Now, this was an encouraging word. They were hearing about the great things of God, uh, nothing like lifting up your eyes to see the greatness of who God is to bring encouragement to you. Uh, but this was also uh, an evangelistic work the Holy Spirit did. It, uh, it was a teaching work that he did through Peter. All of this was used to build up, to edify, uh, to convince the people of their need for Jesus Christ. But it was communication from God himself. Listen. I want to tell you something. We've got some great communication from God himself. <laughs> oh, how great and how precious a gift is the word of God. 
I'm so grateful for it. It is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Uh, But the Spirit of God also can encourage us specifically by speaking through someone else to bless us. Do you believe that? Have you ever been in a Sunday school class where maybe the teacher said something that just blessed you? Or perhaps somebody in the class was talking about what God was doing in your life and it lifted you up. Can I tell you something? That's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's an encouraging word from the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Spirit has encouraged me before um, through a new song that comes out that speaks to a specific need in my my life. I, I remember, I forget even what I was dealing with at the time, but there was some kind of issue that I was concerned about. And that song, The Battle Belongs to the Lord, came on. <laughs> it, brand new song. Uh, there's an old song called The Battle Belongs to the Lord, too. But uh, that song came on, and, and it just blessed my socks off. And I shouted. I got so excited. <coughs> Excuse me. I got so excited about what God was saying to my heart and the encouragement he was bringing to my life. I started to shout. Um, The Spirit knows how to encourage us. He can bring along just the right person at just the right time to speak into your life. As we gather together for worship, did you know that's one of the primary ways He speaks into our lives? We come together, and it's not just through the, the preaching. It is. The preaching's an important part of it. Not just through the teaching that we do in Sunday school, but it is also through the fellowship that we have as God's people, as we uh, pray for one another, as we uh, bear one another's burdens. All of these things, God uses to speak encouraging words into our life, to build us up, to strengthen us, to help us in this thing called life. Um, I think it's amazing that... uh, God, he, he tells, later on in, in the book of Acts, he'll, he tells Paul, he says, these, these things are going to happen to you. You're going to go to Jerusalem, and there's going to be persecution, and there's going to be difficulty there. Then sends somebody to tell him the same thing, and, and confirms it. But God is preparing him for what is ahead. Then God sometimes encourages the church comes together after, after Peter and John are arrested uh, and they, they've been beaten for preaching the gospel. And the church comes together and they pray, God, would you give us great boldness to speak for you? And the power of God just came down upon them and refreshed them and gave them great boldness. But you see, Peter and John were sharing with the body. The body was then taking those things to God in prayer. And through that, through the Christian fellowship that was taking place there, the power of God moved in the lives of his people to change things. Listen, you need to come to church uh, to, to serve and to be a blessing to others, but also for what you get out of it. You should get something out of it. And you should prepare yourself before you come. Get those sins confessed and, and get in a right place. Spend time with God before you come to church and ask the Spirit of God to speak to you. And if you're surrendered and your sins are confessed, and you're coming with a heart of expectation, God can speak to you even if everything doesn't go the way it should go. 
I remember um, sitting in a, in a, uh, and I, now listen, I'll tell you, I pr- I've preached some boring messages myself, okay? I've, uh, I've watched people count the tiles and so forth. But um, I was sitting in this service one time, and, and the guy was just, I mean, I was just bored to tears. But do you know what? I got blessed in that service. You know how I did? I opened up my Bible, and I began to read, and God spoke to me through the pages of Scripture, even though the pastor dropped the ball. So take heart. If the pastor drops the ball, you can still get blessed by God. Uh, God may bless you in a variety of ways. And so uh, as you come together, it gives God the opportunity to speak into your life. And then expect God to speak into your life through his word. Uh, Recognize this is not just a message about what happened 2,000 years ago or in the Old Testament even farther back than that. Uh, This is a message of a living God to a people he loves. It's intended to change us. It's intended to encourage us and comfort us and build us up and teach us the things of God. God will speak to you. If you'll come and you'll spend time in the Word of God, He will change you. And He will speak to you. And He'll lift you up. Um, God told Jeremiah, He said, I've called you to tear down, to destroy, uh, there's several several adjectives or, or verbs that he gives there about what Jeremiah is to do in tearing things down. And then he says, you're going to build up and plant. But you know, sometimes we come to God's word, it tears us down. It convicts us of sin. It, it confronts us with our own uh, unworthiness. Why? Not so that God can just point a finger at us, but so that we can confess it, repent of it, Call upon the Lord to help us live the right way. Uh, And then God begins his work of building up and planting. So whatever, whether you're being confronted by the word of God or whatever the word of God is doing in your life, it is profitable. It is helping you in your Christian life because it is speaking the very words of God to you. And then sometimes... The Holy Spirit of God will touch your heart as you read a scripture, as if to say, this one's for you. <laughs> I love that when that happens. And, uh, you know, there have been a number of times, I, you know, I'll usually have a program. I'm reading through a book of the Bible or, or something like that. And uh, I've, a lot of times I'm reading through several different books at once, and, and uh, I've got a little system down. But it's amazing to me how I'll come, I'm, I'm using a system, but I come to a chapter of Scripture right when I'm dealing with a certain problem in my life and God speaks very clearly to the issue. And sometimes the Holy Spirit even touches my heart as if to say, this is for you. And what an exceedingly precious gift that is. Isn't it a wonderful thing? We serve a living God. Did you know Jesus isn't dead? Jesus is alive. He's at work. He's moving. He's acting. And if he's a living God and he cares about you, if he's adopted you into his family, don't you think he would care enough about you to speak into your life? Come to the pages of Scripture with expectation. Come to the church of God with expectation. Come to hear from God 
and to be blessed and encouraged and lifted up and recognize that the Holy Spirit is the source of these things. And thank him and praise him for what he's doing in your life. And thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what the Spirit's job is? The Spirit's job is to point people to Jesus Christ. He does that in evangelism. He does that as we worship. Listen, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, one of the best ways to do that is start talking about the great things about Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit loves to get involved in those kinds of things. Um, And by the way, a true work of the Spirit is not something that is weird and distracting. A true work of the Spirit turns our eyes to the greatness of our God, to the greatness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, when he does so, it is exceedingly great and precious. So are you blessed by the Spirit? If you're a child of God, the Spirit of God lives in you. Um, When he comes, he will share with us his mighty power, his manifest presence, his sufficient provision, and his encouraging ways. And he is, he is utterly sufficient. Listen, I, I'm so grateful that I'm not in this thing called life alone. Did, did you know that the Bible says if a, if a wise man tells you he knows the meaning of life, he's lying. Okay? He doesn't know. Uh, we're all confused. There's a lot of things we don't understand in life. But can I tell you something? If you are walking with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to understand it because he understands it. And you live in a, in a posture of trust in him He will supply what you need. He will guide you as you need to be guided and will work through your life for the glory of Jesus' great name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that we would truly, as your people, be blessed by the Spirit's presence. Lord, we know that for those of us who know you, you're present in our lives. But God, help us to keep those sins confessed, to repent of our sin and to uh, give us the grace to do that and uh, give us the grace to truly surrender to you and trust you in our lives God so that the spirit of God can live through us and fill us with his presence Uh, Lord teach us how to walk in your spirit as your people uh, to live in the fullness of these blessings and father for those who are here today that don't know Jesus Christ I pray that today would be the day they would make a decision to to turn from their sin in their own way, to follow Jesus Christ, to surrender their lives to him and repent of sin, uh, to, to receive the gift of eternal life. That Jesus purchased that when he died on the cross and rose again. And uh, Father, let their lives be forever changed and your spirit come to dwell within them. Thank you for the exceedingly precious gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the exceedingly precious gift of your Holy Spirit, Father, and thank you for your love for us in sending your Spirit. And we pray it in Jesus' name.